before we talk about the World Cup, I really want to talk about the Copa America. Uh, we absolutely have to because history was made. History was made. Argentina finally has won an international trophy with the one, the only Lionel Messi. He has finally won a, a trophy with Argentina. It's also, very, I believe, it's the, the first time in 28 years that Argentina have won the Copa America. And interestingly enough, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi both won their first international trophy on the 10th of July, albeit on different years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and then also, I, I don't, when it comes to history, I believe this is the first time that um, Brazil have not won the Copa America when they posted it. Oh, wow. I believe that's the case. Don't quote me on that. I believe that was the case. I think that I thought I saw a stat that Brazil were undefeated in cup finals in Brazil. Meaning Copa America finals in Brazil. They're playing, obviously, in the Maracanã, which is the most famous stadium in Brazilian football, if not in world mm-hmm. football. But the fact that Argentina were able to go there and break that hoodoo and break their 28 years without a Copa America hoodoo in the Maracanã against Brazil is humongous. That Me, is a colossally big deal. It is a big deal. And honestly, right, uh, kudos to Argentina. Just that I wish someone else besides Angel Di Maria could have scored a goal. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, honestly, man, I hate Di Maria, bro. Like, man, Manchester... But you're, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna hate what I'm gonna say because it's time to give Di Maria his roses. And I mean, I don't think he was as effective for PSG this season. I think he also no, has but... injury issues, but... I feel like Di Maria has largely been underrated throughout his entire career because he was always he's the, sort of the supporting actor behind the really good players he was playing next to, especially at True. Real Madrid and especially at PSG. True. And he was really, really good in this cup final. And frankly, if he didn't get injured in 2014, you might think that Argentina could have won the World Cup then. Ooh. But, I mean, he showed up this game. He was phenomenal. Rodrigo de Paul was man of the match. He was Outstanding. He covered every blade of grass. I like him. Madrid have an absolutely phenomenal midfielder on their hands. I think it was sort of interesting that after all these years of Lionel Messi carrying his team, he didn't he play particularly else. well in this game, and his team performed. Yeah, which is good because end of the day, right? You can't rely on one single man to to win games anymore. You need. The rest of the team to actually show up. <laughs> yeah, Arch- Argentina could barely rely on Lionel Messi to carry them. I mean, it's sort of the dichotomy between 2014 and now. It was the last time they played a tournament in Brazil. Yeah. When, at least I think it was the last time they played a tournament in Brazil. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, Lionel Messi basically carried Argentina to the World Cup final in 2014. Like, without him, they probably don't get anywhere close. And... Now, if Gonzalo Higuain could actually put the ball in the back of the net, Argentina made it won the World Cup in 2014. Yeah. But on the opposite hand, again, I still think Lionel Messi carried them to the final. He was the best player by head and shoulders in the Copa America. He had four goals and five assists, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah. He's going to win the Ballon d'Or. Like, if I can maybe understand Lewandowski winning it, but if anyone apart from Lionel Messi does not win the Ballon d'Or this year, it's just patently absurd to me. But... When they got to the final, Messi didn't play well. He messed up that one-on-one late in the game, and yeah. his teammates were there for him. I also think this is the most talented Argentina team he played with, at least in recent years, but mm-hmm. 
it's sort of fitting that, you know, after all these years, the teammates show up to bail out Lionel Messi when he doesn't perform. Well, I mean, and, and, and kudos to the team. And speaking of the team, right, I think we need to talk about Emi Martinez. We do. This is, this is a story of redemption. It is there are a, a lot of redemption. redemption stories in this Copa America, but I think Emi Martinez's story is the best of them all. Yeah, you're right. And I, I just want to quickly add that they have finally found a world-class keeper behind the six. No, no, no disrespect to Sergio Romero, no disrespect to Rui and uh, the other keepers that have come before him. But Emi Martinez is a class above the rest, man. Like, I have no idea where Arsenal sold him. I have no, no idea as well. Hindsight's no... 2020, obviously, but... But still, you know, like, he was playing well for them the previous season. It wasn't like he wasn't playing well at all when Leno was injured. You know, Amy Matena stepped up to the plate and showed what he can do. It's the reason why Austin Villa signed him to begin with, you know. And uh, it would, Austin Villa would be good to keep on to him. Because I think he he, he fits perfectly well in that Austin Villa side. And if anything, he, 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 he should stay there. You know, not go to a big team and end up as another second keeper of sorts. I, I think he should get the playing time he deserves, you know, prep for Qatar 2022. But it's good because we finally have that complete Argentina side. You know, you have players in almost every position where you could look at and say, hey, you know, you you have sort of like a complete squad at, at, yeah. at your disposal. There's definitely yeah. a lot more talent there than there was previously. I mean, the likes of Rodrigo de Paul, the likes of Christian Romero, um, Nicolas Tawifiko. Yeah. I mean, to round out the defense, Gonzalo Montiel played fairly well at Copa America. You have players like de Paul, like Lo Celso, like Di Maria, like Messi. I mean, Martinez and goal. I mean, just to, just to really emphasize what Emmy Martinez has gone through. He went out on six different loans, I believe, from Arsenal. He came through, he moved to Arsenal in 2010 when he was at Independiente. He's been at Arsenal from 2010 to 2020. He went on loan six times during that time period. In 2019, he was on loan at Reading in the championship. Second In 2019-2020 season, he was on loan at Reading in the championship. Second half of that season, he comes in for, uh, for Leno when, when Leno gets injured. The very next season, goes to Aston Villa becomes the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. Now he's a national hero of Argentina after saving three penalties, I believe, against Colombia in the yep. semifinal. Yeah, just what a legend. That that rise is just absolutely phenomenal. He goes from on loan at Reading to club hero at Arsenal, helping him win the FA Cup to national hero with Argentina. Just phenomenal. This is this is why this sport is awesome. These stories are awesome. And I guess, you know, speaking of uh, stories of redemption, right? Uh, I guess Messi finally winning his first international trophy. People have given him so much. Like, shit for not winning anything with Argentina. Saying that he's only a Barcelona man. Especially in Argentina. I think that's what not a lot of people talk about is that he was never going to be in the same category as Diego Maradona to Argentinians until he won something with Argentina. Now, you can go into the comparison stake and say Diego Maradona won the World Cup, Messi only won the Copa America, but I get to go back into the comparison stake, Diego Maradona never won the Copa America. Did he not? Oh, wow. I, I oh, don't hey. believe he did. And, you know, 
comparisons can be comparisons, but on the grand scheme of greatest of all time players, I believe this moment is what allows Messi to firmly, unequivocally pass Diego Maradona. You know what I mean, right? you can you can you can throw your greatest of all time discussions wherever. I think there's genuine arguments for a lot of people to be considered the greatest the greatest footballer or the greatest soccer player of all time. This might be the moment that we look back on and think, okay, this is what puts Messi at number one. Whoa! Well, because at me. least, at least in my mind, one of the biggest things that Ronaldo had that Messi did was a win with his country. It was winning the Euros of Portugal. And they now sort of uh, both that's com- have that. And that's especially yeah. compared to Messi's two Copa America failings with Argentina against Chile. But now they both have the national team honors. Now that discussion is even. And frankly, is a little less even considering Messi's been to a World Cup final. I believe Messi's won a golden ball at a World Cup and I don't think Ronaldo has. You could go into the you can make genuinely good arguments for either of these players being ahead of each other. I don't want to deal with the Messi and Ronaldo fanboys. No, I But maybe honestly, when all right, is said and think... done, this is the moment where we realize that Lionel Messi is the greatest footballer ever. Well, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I, I just think that um, we should be happy. You know, we should be grateful that we have been able to see two phenomenal players in our lifetime. Most people either have seen one or two great players come true. You know, we've been blessed with two in that sense. You know? Ah, that's that's a boring answer. You can't tweet about that. You can't yes, call you, outrage with that answer. Well, hey. You know that's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, think about it, you know. If you were in the 60s, you know, you were watching Pelé, right, till the early 70s. And then uh, Cruyff came along. And after Cruyff, you know, you had uh, Diego Maradona. And in the 90s, you had a slew of uh, stars who, who popped up well into the 2000s. When you're talking about god tier players, you know, you're talking about Cruyff, you're talking about Pelé, you're talking about Maradona, you know, Messi and Ronaldo, they are within that discussion. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't know whether that's, I don't think there's any merit in discussing who is better than the other, only because um, you can argue for both in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, you, you can make very genuinely, legitimately good arguments for both. I think the issue that annoys me most is there's a lot of very bad arguments that are being made by people in very genuine ways. But you can make very good arguments for both players. I think you are right. We are we are witnessing two of the five best footballers, at minimum you know, five best footballers yeah. ever, right in front of our eyes. And I think that's something really uh, important to remember. Because I don't think many people have been blessed with that opportunity before. So They absolutely haven't. No, they haven't. You know, like okay, granted, you had other people like Eusebio, you had other people like George Best and whatnot. But would you consider them god tier like Pele, Maradona? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, Eusebio, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe Eusebio. Maybe, maybe, maybe if Eusebio. George Best drink, didn't drink as much, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, but you, you get my point, right? Like end of the day, it's 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 an interesting uh, time for. For these players, it's it's sad that it's towards the end of the career, but it's been a good ride for both of them, and it's I'm I'm happy. I mean I'm I hate Messi, and that's the reason why I hate Messi. It's not because of Messi per se, 
uh, mainly because of his fans. <laughs> his fans <laughs> are terrible. His fans are terrible. Yes, and, like, his fans, fans are the worst. Yeah, the worst. I'm not. I mean, I I like Ronaldo because I'm a, I'm a United fan. You know, granted he played for the club, but United fan boys are just as bad. So like, I I don't want to get into the whole. Uh, discussion there but you know like to your point I think it's it's important to um, recognize that now Messi and Ronaldo are they do have an even playing field of sorts uh, I think it's important that we quickly touch on Brazil what, what's next what's next for the Brazilian team a very young Brazilian team that they'll be fine <laughs> they'll be fine they'll, they'll, th- they'll go back to the drawing board they'll see what went wrong and they'll gear up for Qatar I think what did went wrong, I think you can really question Tite's team selection for this. I have no... I'm going to bring up Fred. I'm just going to preface this right now. I have no idea why he starts out of Fabinho. I just don't know. I don't know if Fabinho was injured. He started ahead of... No, wait. He started ahead of Fabinho. I mean, I'm going to pull up the Brazil team right now. I'm going to tell you the Brazil team, the Brazil midfield right now. Was a three of Fred? Okay, Casemiro played, so I can understand not wanting to play Casemiro and Sabinho on the same team. But the midfield was Fred, Casemiro, and Lucas Paqueta. But <laughs> um, I may have put in for um, Firmino instead of him. I don't really know. I'm sure there's probably going to be. A, I don't think Fred played well. Um, Why did Neymar play up front? That's something I don't understand. It, it works sort of like how Leon play, where like the middle player is technically a false nine and the two wingers sort of overlap. No, didn't you want... So Richarlison is technically the number nine and Everton plays off of... Ironic, Richarlison and Everton playing up, up top together. But <laughs> Everton sort of plays <laughs> off of both and Neymar basically just goes wherever the heck he wants. He goes where the game is because he's the guy for Brazil. It's a lot like how, how Memphis Depay play for Leon. You know what? Uh, oh, for a moment, yo, mate, I was looking through the Brazil squad, right? And I saw 25 D. Luis. And I was like, what's David Luis doing? And I realized it's Douglas, Douglas Luis. Yep. I was like, thank the Lord, man. Man's not supposed to get a call up anymore, right? He's past his prime. He, he needs to. Especially uh, retire. now compared to Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, and Eder Militao, So Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, if anything, I think you're right. You know, they, they will be fine. Hopefully, they get their things sorted out. Fred gets too much hate, man, all right? He isn't that nah, bad of a player. But he's he not that good, but... It's not, I mean, it's not, that's the problem. He's not that good as well. He's, he's average at best, all right? He shouldn't be... I mean, I don't think he... I don't think it's fair to say he doesn't warrant a call-up. I think it's I think it's fair to say he shouldn't have started this match. <laughs> Uh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm about to look up Brazilian midfielders just to verify if he actually deserves to be called up to this team. Yo, we we are pending. Oh my god! All right, okay. I'm I'm doing it as well just to to make a point. I All think right. I think at least when it comes to positives for Brazil, you have the emergence of players like Eder Militao, players like Lucas Paqueta, like uh, right. Emerson Royale. Um, Richarlison plays really well for Brazil compared to how he plays for Everson, but you have players like that who I think especially Lucas Paqueta after how unimpressive he was for Milan that you didn't really expect much from and mm-hmm. Paqueta comes into this Brazil team after a really good season with Leon he's one of their crucial players in getting to the final and you're if you can get sort of 
a conglomeration of these players who are coming into the right sense of form around Neymar when you go into Qatar, I think Brazil has a very good chance of winning the whole competition. I think Brazil's main failing in twenty, especially in twenty fourteen, but also in twenty eighteen, was very much an over reliance on Neymar, and with players around him like Paquetá, who have the ability to be creative, with a player like Charleston, who has the ability to score goals, um, with a player like Casemiro, who, who has the ability to control the midfield basically by himself, with a pairing wait, wait, at wait, center backs wait. of Thiago Silva and Marquinhos, and the potential of throwing a Dermelotau into there. Let's hold up. A very solid team. Do you have a point that you wish to make? Yes. Let's hold up here. Richarlison scoring goals. All right. Where was he? For Everton. I know for a fact. All right. This is true because I had him in my fantasy Premier League and man did nothing. All right. Okay. In the in most stages. All right. I'm about to look up some statistics for for Richarlison top scores. Is Richarlison Um, on there? I'm not surprised if he is. I I'm thought he like... was. And he's he not. He had a goal and an assist. To be genuinely fair, he plays very well for Brazil. He does not play very well for Everton. Granted, Brazil are significantly better than Everton are. We're kind of dire. <laughs> I can understand him not playing well for us. I can understand him being miserable playing for us. I'm miserable watching us. But he's genuinely very good for Brazil. And... Uh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But man, he's not scoring enough goals, bro. Eh, yeah, probably. But it worked. They got Brazil to the Copa America final. I think their okay, main well. failing wasn't necessarily with Charleston being on. I think it was not bringing on Gabriel Barbosa earlier, giving them more a more direct player. But, you know, TSA messed up. They'll probably be fine. You know, maybe Fred did deserve his spot in this team. <laughs> right? Like, there, there aren't that many good Brazilian infielders out there. Like, you think there are, but no, there aren't. Okay, to be fair, Bruno Guimaraes is about to take his spot. Uh, Mateus Cunha well, should probably be called up. Um, soon, soon. Aside soon, from that, for this tournament, for this tournament, I think uh, Fred was. For this tournament, yes. For Qatar, no, Fred shouldn't be there. <laughs> In, and you know, by saying that he is going to be there, I mean, yes, probably but should he be? probably. <laughs> nah, I don't think he should be there as well. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Fred is. I mean, Fred is already twenty-eight. It's not like he's a spring chicken anymore. He's going. Yes, Granted is going to prime of his career, but I don't think Fred Fred has lived up to his potential per se. Man, man had a lot of potential coming into United. Uh, hasn't lived up to it. Has been significantly better than how when he first started out, but nowhere near good enough to be playing for a Brazil team. That's what I feel. I think that he at least fills a certain void that I don't think any other player fills because I can I can see the logic behind not wanting to play Casemiro and Fabinho on the same midfield. That makes sense to me. Is, and, is that like this, a very? Is it because both of them are very similar players? Yes, they're both exactly the same player, and I can mm. see what Brazil want to do in having a pure number six in Casemiro, a pure creative player in Paqueta, and then someone else and having a more box to box player. And Fred fills <laughs> Yo, that role. You could Fred, have said anything else. Job. You could have said, you know, like a, a free roaming player. You had to just say someone else. Wasn't <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. You have pure defense, pure attack. And then some option. joker who, who does something, you know. All right. <laughs> who does something. Ooh. I mean, Fred fills that role. He is the box-to-box midfielder. And there's he not is, necessarily anyone outside of maybe Douglas Luiz who can fill that role in this Brazil team. But you have 
players available in the pool, like Bruno Guimaraes, like um, I brought up a second one that I can't can't remember, but you have players who can potentially fill that role. So maybe going into Qatar, he's not there, but I I can see why he be why he gets picked. It makes sense to me. But commiserations oh. to Brazil. They'll be fine. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be a contender in Qatar. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. I mean, if 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 it's worth any consolation, right? Like, I do think that the Brazil team, like you mentioned, has many young stars on the rise. I'm not too sure about Argentina, though. I might need your insights on that. But at least I don't think anyone's ever sure about Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but for at least for 2022, they have a couple of young stalwarts in the wings uh, who can come on to make a difference. Um, it's sort of like, uh, and I know you're going to scold me for this analogy, but I'm still going to use it anyway, from my own understanding at least. Um, the England team and Brazil team are similar in the sense whereby they do have a very young squad. You know, they have I a don't young necessarily squad. think Brazil is as young as England. Well, but I can see you, where you're going with this. You know what I mean? Of. It's sort of like uh, Germany in 2010. Well, England's more no, similar nothing, to the Germany. It's nothing like Germany in 2010. Yeah, like... Germany in 2010 had a lot of kids, right? Okay. All yeah, they did, kids. but this Brazil team isn't that young. All right, they have. Okay, well, they're they're like England. I think in what you're probably going to say, I'm going to steal your point here. I'm sorry. Yeah. That they have right. the core players who are in their prime, Correct. the Harry Kane's, Correct. the Harry Maguire's, players Correct. like that. And they have the younger players around them, Jack Grealish, uh, Jane Sancho, Bukayo Saka, uh, Calvin Phillips, etc. And you sort of supplement the core group with that younger group and suddenly you have the tournament team. I think Brazil are fairly similar to that. I don't think they're as young as England, but I think they're no, fairly no, similar. Sure. Yeah, similar. Yeah, similar. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, they're exactly the same now. All right. And, okay. Well, just to quickly highlight on Argentina, since you sort of dichotomized them, I don't think Argentina necessarily has that sort of young players coming through that those other two teams have. But I think there's definitely enough talent in there for them to give Qatar one la- or to give the World Cup one last go to potentially win Messi's World Cup in Qatar. But that's probably it for Messi. And I think once Matthew retires, uh, a slew of other players will also call quits. Um, or at least they should. Di Maria should not be playing for the Argentina national team after 2022. My honest opinion. I think he's getting old. <laughs> should make way for the next generation also of players. Aguero. Also Aguero. And Aguero, you know. And that, who's that also 32. Papu Gomez, yeah. I think, is in his 30s. I mean, man doesn't really play for Argentina a lot, so like the fact that he got called up was a big surprise for me. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's it's, he's in and around the team. Mm, even Tagliafico uh, is that right? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Nicholas Tagliafico. I have no like, idea if that's it, how you pronounce his name, but that he starts. <laughs> I think so he's only like twenty nine. So yeah, twenty eight, twenty nine. So Nicholas Otamendi needs to go though. Oh, man is old. Goodness, man is goodness, old. goodness. Yeah, but I mean, they, they do have a, a bunch of other players there, but they're all, you know, 28, 29 years old, more or less, you know? Maybe with the exception of Gonzalo Montiel. That's how Martinez. Yeah, oh, it's all as Christian Romero, I suppose. Giovanni also. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, maybe, they do maybe this team has maybe a few young players. Yeah, maybe they do have a few young players and then I say that as I click onto Marcus Acuna and I see he's 29 oh god alright 
old. Great player. You know what? Yeah, good player. Yeah, you're, you're, listen, you're right about that. One thing that I would just want to end off with, right, is given these four teams' uh, performances, England, Italy, Argentina, and Brazil, who do you think, or rather, do you think it's a possibility we'll see, we'll, we might see all four of them in uh, World Cup semi-final? Ooh. It's a possibility, yes. I don't think it's a probability, though. Like, if I had to put money on that being the semifinal in Qatar, I definitely would not put money on it, simply because there are so many other really good teams that could be better than any of those four, especially in a knockout competition where it's the best team over 90 minutes. No, that's a very good point. Like, who's to say France don't figure it out and go win the World Cup in Qatar? Who's to say Spain don't figure it out and go win the World Cup in Qatar? Who's to Yo, say... Spain- Spain going to dupe people with their formation, man. It, it almost works. Spain right. almost like Marcus Urante and goal, and it's just going to be, you know, galaxy. <laughs> right. What the who's, hell? Who's to say that the Netherlands don't actually hire a good manager and figure it out in Qatar? I think there's definitely a lot of teams who, on paper, have the talent needed to win the World Cup. It's I just agree. a question of can they put it all together? Can they in get, that can exact they get, moment, you know. can the players who need to be playing well be playing well? Can the chemistry click? Can the tactics click? Can you know the ball bounce in the right direction for them? And, so a few factors. Yeah, I think there is a lot of factors. I think all four of those teams have the potential to win the World Cup in Qatar, but I wouldn't necessarily bet on them being semifinals simply because I think there's a lot of other talented teams in the world that can beat them on any given day. All right, you know, I think that's that's a fair shout. All right, uh, well, I guess to sort of well, before I do that, do you have anything else to mention about uh, the Copa America? Congratulations to Lionel Messi. Congratulations to Lionel Messi, and congratulations to all the finalists. I suppose you know, reaching a final is not easy. Yeah, I say that, and Brazil fans are probably thinking, "Shut the hell up!" All right, lost. That's the expectation. That's the expectation. <laughs> You know, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's like you said, it's good to see Lionel Messi finally winning an international cup with Argentina. And I think, you know, yeah, that sort of wraps up our Copa America bit. And, and I'm finally now, glad I can stop watching Fox Sports for a while. Because <laughs> their soccer coverage in America is god awful. Well, I guess on that note, right? No, wait, note, I have to watch the Gold Cup. Dang it, I still have to watch them. <laughs> Well, I, hey, it's, it's good, right? It's good because we get to talk about the U.S. men's national team next uh, next time around. Um, Goodness, don't make me talk about them today. <laughs> <laughs>